what they say can't be done. We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm Eastbound, just watch no bandit run. Keep your foot hard on the pedal. Some never mind them brakes. Let it all hang out cause we got a run to make. Welcome to Highway Freaks, Computer Geeks. I'm Bry Guy, your esteemed host. And standing by, my brother from another mother, it's J-Man. And of course, we have that American Thanksgiving turkey of the month, Will the Thrill. And tonight's special guest, Dave Scott from Spaced Out Radio. And uh, first of all, guys, before we get into Dave and his credentials, apparently, Will, you just burnt your foot. <laughs> no, it was actually my hand, but yeah, it, it like was boiling hot water. Oh my gosh, are you alright? Yeah, I'm actually sitting here with an ice pack right now, so, you know. <laughs> oh, alright, okay. I'm in Wall, uh, South Dakota, by the famous 80-foot dinosaur. That's where the Japanese tourists in the summer take goofy photos of themselves. It's a great tourist trap. I'm sure Dave, you've probably heard of it. And uh, we're going to go into Dave Scott. He is the creator and host of Canada's Spaced Out Radio. And uh, he has uh, definitely some interesting podcasts that he runs from Monday to Friday nights. And Dave is also quite experienced in the unknown phenomena, such areas as aliens, alien activity, spirit walkers, shapeshifters, ghosts, demons, angels, and Bigfoot, just to name a few. Uh, Dave brings with him to our show a wealth of experience. He's a former radio journalist and a graduate with a diploma and uh, from Broadcasting School, BCIT. Well, that was back in 1998, I believe, if I'm correct. Um, you can correct me if I'm wrong on that, Dave. Uh, as far as anything else goes, uh, Dave's very well versed on uh, the unknown. And that's what tonight's show is about. The unknown, we're going to ask him a bunch of questions. We also have some of our listeners that ask some questions. We'll hopefully you've got some time on that. Um, Dave's personal quest into the unknown started in 2011 and um, I'm going to ask you first Dave uh, what happened at that time to change your opinion into the unknown regarding your mother well uh, thank you so much first and foremost guys for having me on and I, I always appreciate uh, doing these shows because believe it or not I actually don't get a lot of offers uh, to come on in and, uh, and speak uh, my life really changed almost 12 years ago here, and uh, or 11 years ago, I should say, where it was on December 13, 2011, when, you know, I, I wasn't into all this bullshit that, that, that we uh, deal with on a daily basis now, you know, but I was uh, having a family dinner for my daughter because she was uh, going away on a cruise with her mother's uh, parents or grandparents over Christmas and New Year's. And I figured, you know what? I'm not going to see my daughter for three and a half weeks. So I invited my side of the family over and we did an early Christmas for her. And long story short, it was about 7.45 p.m. And my parents decided that they were going to leave. I had a house full of people, about 20, 25 people. And I remember being really pissed off because my parents, instead of spending time with family, uh, they, they had to get home because, you know, uh, dancing with the stars is a little bit more important than spending time with the grandkids. 
tight, but we're not a very tight-knit family, so it's not something that I, I, you know, looking back on it, take overly seriously. But nonetheless, uh, it was about 7.45, uh, my, my parents left, or were about to leave, and I went into my dining room and living room to clean up glasses and, and, and plates for dinner, and, uh, you know, because my wife and, and everybody was uh, doing the dishes. And my mom walked into the kitchen, and I saw her walk into the kitchen and figured, well, I better go give her a hug. So I put the glasses down on my dining room table, and I remember there was a Vancouver Canucks game on that night. And I believe they played, looking back on it, because I actually did the research on it, and they lost to Columbus 4-1 that night. Uh, but everybody was coming in my kitchen, kitchen room and, and the seating area where the television was watching the hockey game. And I go across the threshold between my dining room and my kitchen where my mother was. And as I was about to cross, everything went silent. There was no sound on the television, no sound from people. I looked my mom into her eyes. Uh, she has beautiful blue eyes. And her eyes are now jet black with white pupils. And immediately, guys, I don't know why I knew, but I knew I was looking into the eyes of the angel of death. And I remember I had this funny look on my face because my mom kind of looked and she kind of gasped. She looked like, oh, you see me? And she shook her head. Her eyes went blue again. And sound came up on the table and everybody was talking again. And I knew I'd seen what I'd seen. And I felt sick to my stomach. And I gave my mom a hug. And I... Uh, Started walking to my bedroom. My my wife says to me, she's like, "Are you okay?" And I just walked to the bedroom, and she followed me. And I was in a panic, and uh, didn't really know what to do. I was crying, and she goes, "What happened? What happened?" Because she was into all this mystic woo stuff, right? I wasn't, and I said, "I just saw the angel of death in my mother's eyes," and she was like, "Oh my god!" She goes, "Well, pull your stuff together." Uh, your parents are leaving right now, and, you know, let's let's just deal with this later. So a couple of hours later, my wife sets up our living room. The kids are in bed. She sets up the living room, and, she, you know, we have our love seats, and then we have a table, which she put a bunch of white candles on, and then the couch. I'm sitting on the couch. She's on the love seat, and she goes, why don't you just sit back, relax, and tell me what you saw? And I, and I kind of went into a trance-like state. And the next thing I know, I'm channeling the angel of death. And through me, he was telling me that my mom, who was very ill, or she's been very ill for a number of years, was very ill. And, you know, she's never really fully recovered from two bouts of cancer. And basically said that, he as a family didn't start treating her better, that he was going to take her home. He didn't say heaven. He didn't say hell. He said take her home. Now, this I only remember snippets of this conversation, but it was, it was 38 minutes long. My wife actually recorded it, but the old iPhone 3s, when they got the blue screen to death, well, that's where the recording went, out with the iPhone 3. So uh, it was a, it was a, you know, 
it was a life-changing thing. I woke up the next day, my neck was sore, my body was sore, and I called my psychic friend, and I said, this is what happened last night, because they were at my house. Uh, this is what happened last night. Uh, this is how I'm feeling. Is this normal? She's like, yes, it's totally normal. And, you know, congratulations, pretty much. Kind of an epiphany, in a way, Dave. Uh, yeah. You were... You know, it was uh, a path that you were led to by an unknown force, and I can relate to that. As as a truck driver, uh, I know Jay and I have both seen some stuff out there that it just defies explanation. And yeah, so from there on, you uh, you went on to your quest, and I listened to you on another radio station, and I was just blown away. You just blew me out the door. I just thought, wow, like this guy has really experienced the unknown in a lot of different ways. I I know that my, my two people have questions for you. I'm going to let Jay ask you a question because I'm sure he is just biting at the bit. Go ahead. Well, mine is, uh, actually, i got a good question because you don't live too, you don't live very far away from, from this. Have you read anything on the Chinlack massacre up by Fort St. John? No. You know what's weird? If I could just say something, when I went down this path and I started, you know, I, I remember I met a gentleman, he's a, he, pretty much my guru, he's named Pascal, and Pascal, I remember him saying, how far down the rabbit hole do you want to go? And I, and I made the mistake of saying, all the way. And uh, I laugh when I say that, it's a mistake, I don't think it's a mistake, but, you know, I think I was a little bit more cocky than understanding at that point. But one of the things that was said to me over that time was I had a, an epiphany, an encounter with a being who basically told me, uh, stop researching, let it happen. So I apologize, I don't know that situation. Wow. Um, the rabbit hole, that, that, that's kind of, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I would do if I, if I ran into that situation that you were in. I, I really don't. I mean, as a truck driver, we, we see things that sometimes scare the holy hell out of us. And other things we just kind of shrug off as, yeah, whatever. But I'm very kind of interested in the, I don't know what you would call it. I'll just say the spooky stuff. Um, right. Like, I've, I've read a lot about this up in, the, up in Fort St. John, which is up on the Highway of Tears, which is known of now. There, is, there was a massacre um, back in the 1700s, and apparently now the area, they've had researchers from UBC go up there and they can't stay. Like, it, it just, it, there's such a feeling of dread and, and everything else about it that they just, they have to leave. And nothing grows. Like, nothing grows around the area, and trees that do manage to grow will only get about 10 feet. Like, it, it, it's a really interesting thing, but there's not much on the Internet about it. A couple blurbs or whatever. And I was just wondering if you knew anything more about it. No, but you know what? It's so coincidental that you bring that up, because I'm actually working with, uh, in the real preliminary stages with a couple of TV producers about taking on a lot of these urban legends and 
mysteries from around Canada about situations. And I was actually talking to one of the people today where I said, you know, one of the things that I would love to find somewhere in Canada or the U.S. is a haunted forest. So the fact that you're bringing this up right now is so bloody synchronistic, it's just baffling me right now. Well, there's another area that I've always found fascinating, and it's the, you've probably, you've had to have heard of it. Uh, it's called the Headless Valley. Yes. Now, I mean, nobody's gone in there since the 40s. Well, there was actually a crew that tried to get in there a few years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So, there's so many legends, I don't know if this is true. So, for people who don't understand the Nahani Valley, this is in the Northwest Territories, where allegedly either some very ancient Eskimo First Nation tribes or actual monsters like Sasquatch live in this area, and they don't like people, and they literally rip the heads off of people who go into their territory. And this story that I got from, uh, that happened a few years ago, is apparently uh, they only allow people into that area for an hour. And, really? Uh, they, they, they use the excuse that they, it's pristine nature, they don't want to bring a lot of people into there, you know, it's unkept land, so on and so forth, and all this kind of stuff. Well, apparently they this crew got dropped off by a helicopter. The helicopter, for their one hour of filming, the helicopter went back up above the trees, started to pull out, turned around, landed back, yelled at everybody to get back in to the chopper. And when the crew said, why are we getting back in? We got an hour. He said, I saw something in the forest coming towards you, and it's not safe here. And... We're out of here. Your trip is over. Now, wow. whether that's true or not, I don't know. Right? Well, the the story I read about, and it's, it, I find it kind of funny, um, and it well, it leaves a lot of question marks too. But it it, it kind of makes you chuckle. Um, the when they first went in there back in the forties, uh, journalists from the Vancouver Sun went in, and they found an old abandoned cabin. And they landed, and they were looking around, but they couldn't find anything. And this thing was really, really, really old cabin. And the only thing they found in it was a brand new, like almost like poster-sized picture of Rita Hayward. And I kind of thought that was kind of funny that the only thing they would find is a is a pinup girl, right. you know. Um, so. But it's always interested me because my dad always talked about it and he always wanted to go in there. But like he said that, you know, if the, if the Indians won't go in there, why the hell should I go in? And that kind of always struck a little bit of a chord with me. But I mean, it just, I find it so fascinating. Like, because a, 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 a whole tribe of, of natives did go missing. Yeah. So... You know, whatever's up there, it just doesn't want us there, so leave it be. Yeah, and, and that's exactly it. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. What is up there? That's yeah. right. And, you know, is it is it Wingo? Is it Bigfoot? Is it Dogman? Is it, is it uh, you know, uh, a 
tried? You know, what is it? And that's the problem that we don't know. You know, it's kind of strange that way. But, you know, there. here's what gets me about all these television shows. Now you're, see, now you're working at me here to, to kind of hire <laughs> okay. Well, that's the idea. Well, what, what pisses me off about all these television shows that you see out there, okay, is the fact that everything is the same. You know, yes. from not Bigfoot to not Ghost Hunters. You know, I mean, how many times do we have to watch these television shows and watch them turn up the volume on the music as the person is saying, did you hear that? Did you hear yes. that? Oh, oh, no, I heard some horrible music. You know, <laughs> like that. I mean, that's, that's just the way it is. But, you know, or you get all these ghost hunters out there who will literally, you know, all they want to do is go to Gettysburg or, or Waverly Hills or Alcatraz. You know, right. What interests me, guys, and you guys being truckers, I, you're all going to nod your head and smile when I say this. Because you guys have been to umpteen thousand. Uh, small towns across North America, from Vancouver to Newfoundland, and from California to Florida. You guys have been there, done that, you've seen it, you've done it all. And one thing that you guys will, can admit to me and your audience is, is this. The majority of these small towns all have their own urban legends. And a lot of these small towns are in the process of dying off because of population, you know, and we're going to see, you know, back in the day we saw a lot of these small towns die off because of uh, the end of coal mining or the end of the gold rush or the silver rush. You know, well, we're now going to see towns start dying because of the end of forestry or the end of uh, uh, mining or, or for natural gas or, or places like Fort McMurray, you know, starting to slow on down because we're going into a different energy wave with more electric energy these days. You know, love it or hate it. Right. You know, and I'm sure you guys are all excited about the, about the Tesla, Debbie, right? The point that I'm getting at is this. All of these towns have urban legends. They have their hauntings. They have their, their monster stories. They have their UFO stories. And nobody is going there to find them. And eventually, when those towns in the future die off or get bulldozed or taken over by some metropolis, those stories are gone. You know what I'm saying? And I wish yeah. somebody, this is what we're proposing to a couple of TV people, we want to bring those stories to life, man. Because there's a lot of cool stuff out there from, you know, Minds imploding on people, and, and there's still hundreds of people down, you know, that were buried alive to, to monsters running around these small towns and, and freaking out the, the locals. We want to go in there. We want to get them. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Exactly. But, I mean, B.C. B.C. is a perfect example. How many towns have disappeared in the last, oh, 30 years because logging dried up? You know, Absolutely. and those towns had their little, their little dirty little secrets. You know, and nobody, the the stories are are gone now. 
because whoever was around is gone. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you, you, you mentioned British Columbia, but all around British Columbia, there are actually towns for sale that you could buy for you know, pennies on the dollar. Full town. How haunted are they? What's their ghost stories like? They're in the middle of the forest. What's their monster stories like? Wouldn't you love to go to one of these abandoned towns and set up an actual paranormal tourism or, or some sort of monster tourism around there? Revitalize the area. You know, like I live in a small town called Hundred Mile House. You guys probably yeah. heard of it. Been there. Hold, hold, hold many, many, many loads of log homes out of there. Exactly. My town is filled with UFO stories. It is filled with ghost stories because Hundred Mile House lives right on the Gold Rush Trail. Almost every place and every trail around here is haunted. Now, you go to the surrounding areas where we have visual sightings of Bigfoot, we have visual sightings of Dogman, we have visual sightings of Little People. And it's, it's a plethora of information. Like, if you're into this crap like I am, I'm living in Disneyland right now. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it, like I, well, especially Brian as well. I mean, I'm sure Will's seen a lot of stuff being in Calgary because Calgary was a uh, um, a cattle hub. Yeah, well, for... I've, I, I, I've actually uh, done long haul as well for about three to six, six months. Went to over, I don't know, 15 different states. And there was, uh, there was a lot of weird things that went on in um especially the really small towns where there's only like literally two people that live there and a gas station. Um, and I saw some weird things that made me, you know, go down that rabbit hole. And when I did my research, um, I noticed that there were, there were entities, uh, for lack of a better term, there were entities that were actually, uh, conspiracies would call them time travelers but they would uh, appear and disappear real quick. And, I mean, there's there's almost little to no other explanation for it. What do you think about that, Dave? That's exactly what I'm talking about. I want to bring those stories alive. I think for us in, in these fields, we need to bring those stories alive. And when we do, you know, we need to know what's going on. We need to know what's happening. And... You know, this is why when Art Bell, the, the legend, legendary radio host who started Coast to Coast AM, when he started this type of programming, this is why he loved truckers calling in, because truckers like you guys who are on the road have seen so much stuff that he needed to hear about it, whether it was black triangles in the sky or being chased by skinwalkers and windigos, or whether it was you know, fans of hitchhikers or whatever it may be. I mean, the, the, the women and men that you guys have deal with on a daily basis, you know, trucking around North America, I mean, you guys would have seen and heard stories that would, would uh, scare the daylight for the most people that wouldn't even come out of their home. Yeah. I, can, I can vouch for that. I can vouch for that because uh, about, uh, well, this just at the end of the summer, I uh, was at a rest stop and just outside of Wyoming, and 
there had been a Indian burial ground, and uh, not only did I get a picture, and Jay has seen it, and Will has seen it, but I ran right into, uh, well, they, they, they said it was a very good spirit walk. They didn't say it was a bad one. They said it was a good one. So, freaked the shit right out of me. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, that's oh, something I, that's very interesting. I didn't think there was good or bad. I thought they were just all evil. Well, that's a misconception that we we learned a lot about when we're growing up. You know, uh, you know, most of us who are in our forties, fifties, you know, we grew up in high, high, either highly religious homes, or we grew up in homes where you know there was still a religious practice being taken place. You may not go to church every weekend, but grandma and grandpa sure did. You know what I'm saying? And everything was about God and good and evil. Whereas today, you know, kids are uh, finding their own spiritual ways. So the fact that our generations still think about everything being evil and demonic, I mean, you know, it's funny because here's an interesting stat for you guys when it comes to UFOs. Uh, Dr. Edgar Mitchell, who is the sixth man to walk on the moon, he was a firm believer in extraterrestrials and UFOs ever since Apollo, when he saw UFOs while uh, going to the moon. And he ended up studying UFOs and aliens afterwards. <laughs> he set up a group called the Free Experiencers, where people who believed they had alien contact could come in, uh, register, get studied up on all this for free. And 84% of people who said that they had ET contact claimed it was a positive experience. Uh, I believe it was 16% thought it was demonic. The remainder didn't know whether it was good or bad. And for, uh, I think it was 10% or whatever it was. It equaled out to. But you come for, fast forward to today where UFOs are taking over you know, the news and the government talks and there's budgets for everything. Well, the Americans, what they're doing is they're throwing together a threat narrative on everything. That these are bad. And these are horrible. They're evil, demonic. They're here to take over the, the, the world. And we got to be prepared to take them out. we got to figure out their technology so that way we can shoot them down if they come here and invade us. Well, show us the proof. Because if aliens have been here, since the beginning of time, there's been recordings of, of, uh, of ancient scripture and everything that extraterrestrials have been here a long time. Why would they wait until now to take us over when we are advanced? They would have got us when our biggest weapon was a spear and maybe a, a sword. Good so I think. Absolutely. So I, I gotta interject for a minute. We have um, we have a few uh, emails from listeners that knew that you were coming on, and I just wanted to ask a few of them for you uh, on behalf of uh, some of them. There, Dave. The first one is: that Any thoughts on a Bigfoot alien connection? Great question. Uh, there are a lot of people who believe, and I will put myself in this category, guys. There is no difference between cryptids, paranormal, like ghosts, UFOs, aliens, consciousness, near-death experiences, out-of-body experiences. 
it all falls under the, the umbrella of the phenomenon. And there are many people who have been taken who claim that they have seen Sasquatch on crap. They, they claim that they've been camping. I remember reading one report where these guys were camping and they heard the Sasquatch, or what they believed to be Sasquatch, all around them that had surrounded their camp. And all of a sudden, this bright light came down from the sky, and these Sasquatch booked it the hell out of there while they're watching this UFO fly over top of them. So yes, I do believe that the, uh, the phenomena is all interconnected. I do believe that Sasquatch wow. is, uh, is not very, uh, uh, doesn't find UFOs very friendly. But, uh, yes, I do believe that. That's an excellent question. I got another one for you. Um, do you think Bigfoot comes from the fifth dimension? That's another one of our, our, our freaks. Oh, sent that in. Another great question. Uh, you know what? I'm going to put it this way. I don't know what Sasquatch is. I don't believe it's flesh and blood. I don't believe that there is a singular Sasquatch creature. I believe that they act a lot like uh, killer whale pods, where, you know, like living on the West Coast here, it's funny, I've lived here my entire life, lived on Vancouver Island for two years, I didn't see one bloody whale. Still pissed off about that, by the way. But, um, <laughs> but, um, in killer whale pods, they, they run in families that obviously they call pods. But every now and again, a member of that those pods that gets a little over-aggressive, maybe starts attacking the females or the babies, well, that, that killer whale will be kicked out of the pod. So what happens is all of these killer whales that have been kicked out of the pod end up going and building these rogue, more violent pods that... You know, like you and I right now, we can go swimming with a pod of killer whales. Nothing is going to happen. If we fell in the water, they may come up to us and check us out. They're not going to kill us. They're not going to eat us. Whereas these rogue pods, they don't care. Okay? They don't care. So I think a lot of that is like Sasquatch, where you have areas where this creature is overzealous, overaggressive, overprotective of its land. Uh... I believe there are pods like that. The West Coast seems to be have, have very docile type Sasquatch, whereas if you go down to the bayous of Florida and Louisiana and Georgia, the creature seems to be a lot more aggressive and, and uh, standoffish when it comes to, uh, to people. But is it interdimensional? Is it a supernatural creature? That's what I believe. I'm leaning towards that. And I can tell you an experience that I had, if you don't mind. Absolutely. So, about, let's see, 2013, uh, my friends owned this property in Mission, British Columbia, where a lot of my experiences happened. This thing, property was about uh, 10 acres. They only had one other neighbor on their street, an old elderly couple in their late 60s, early 70s type of people who went to bed at 8 o'clock, no matter whether it was summer or winter. And uh, they owned six and a half acres. And both properties were horseshoe by forest. 
Well, I had my Sas- first Sasquatch encounter on their property, way in the back field, in the forest behind their back field, pardon me. But late, a few weeks later, uh, we would go on uh, yard walks, is what we call them, where we would walk the, the property looking for the spirits and everything. And we had a feeling that there was something happening. And we started walking to, from the backfield towards the house. We get about halfway along the house. And I just had that feeling that we were being watched. So I turned and looked. My friend had this old cherry tree, giant cherry tree in his backyard that probably stood 20, 30 feet tall. And I could see pixelation right by standing right beside the tree. And that pixelation, just like if you pixelate someone's face on TV because you don't want to show their identity, that's kind of what it looked like. And it stood from the ground to about 8, 10 feet up. Now, the funny part about it is there was four of us, and only one other person besides me could see that pixelation. The other two couldn't see it, so they weren't really interested, and we kept walking to the front of the house. And when we got to the front of the house about 15 seconds later, right where that cherry tree was, we got roared at, guys. And I will tell you that it was the most blood-curdling thing that I have ever heard, was this roar. It sounded like a lion roaring mixed with a uh, a hyena, a high-pitched freak-out session. (laughs) You know? And in British Columbia... First Nations really believe that Sasquatch is either a shapeshifter or a or uh, a, a dimensional type being. The only people who really believe in flesh and blood are us Indian white people who think we know everything. <laughs> right? So that's kind of the interesting part about about everything is you just don't know. You don't know. Uh, I, I tend to lean more towards that there is something special about this creature. Why? Why haven't we found a body? You know, we found bears, we found elk, we found moose, we found grizzlies, we found kodiaks, we found cougars, we found every other animal in the forest. Yeah. But why not a Sasquatch bone? Okay? Why haven't we found that? We've found human beings that have been dead for 50 plus years in the forest. Why haven't we found Sasquatch? Okay, now there is theories, maybe they bury their dead. Maybe they bury their dead in caves. Uh, There is a belief that Sasquatch lives underground and that's where they take the bodies when they die. Whatever it may be, I'm not sure. All I know is this, too many people have have uh, had experiences watching this creature get right in front of them and then disappear. I'll tell you one of the most stupid answers for flesh and blood that I ever heard was there have been numerous accounts accounts around the world, but we'll stick in North America, of seeing a bunch of tracks, whether in the snow or the mud, and these tracks just end. And I asked the Cliff Barrett from the Bigfoot Research Organization, BFRO, and the television show Finding Bigfoot, and his belief on it was 
that Sasquatch has the ability to walk backwards in its tracks. So that's what it does. I asked him point blank. I said, that would be the double print. And he goes, not necessarily. And he went on to the explanation. I said, look, don't tell me you believe that. Because when you walk forward, the way your knees bend, the way your angle of your foot goes in the ground, it leaves a protection. When you walk backwards, you're now putting all the weight on your heels, and there is no way walking backwards that you could make the ex- or fit into the exact same print in the snow or the mud created. Yet, numbers so, of people. So, in other words, you're, what you're saying is the feet turn around. They, they go all they, they rotate. It would create a double print. Yeah, kind of like a uh, kind of like an um, uh, overexposed double shot in yes. a way. Yes. Because I've tried walking, I've tried walking backwards in my own. Everybody has. Uh, usually in deep snow because you don't want any more in your boot, uh, and you just can't do it. You make it bigger. Or you miss. That's <laughs> how it is. Or in your case, you fall on your ass. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and get it down, get snow down your pants. I know. <laughs> my my finger still hurts, Brian. Okay. Um, one final question. One final question here from one of our other podcast uh, freaks here. We call them freaks and geeks, by the way. Uh, if you're wondering why. But anyway, um, yeah, the, the, this is a very interesting one. Um, basically, what what this person is saying is, is there a connection with angels and demons? And what they're saying is, we actually know what they are because religion has been so manipulated by man as, as the Bible. So he figures that there must be a connection between these, these two demons and um, aliens, but you don't really know which one or what which. Well, here's it. I'm going to try to answer. That's a, it's a very complicated question, a great question, but a complicated question. I believe this, guys. Okay, there is good and there is evil out there. I am still. Uh, I, I'm a believer in God. I always have been. Uh, I'm a creationist. I'm not an evolutionist. You know, do I go to church? No, I don't go to church because I am uh, I am someone who believes in God. I don't believe in religion. And to me, religion has been overtaken by a number of different facets that have um, that have been humanized a little too much. Okay, and. That could be a whole different conversation for another day, boys. Let me tell you that. But I do believe in angels. I do believe that there is evil out there. Uh, you know, hey, with aliens, let's be honest, guys. Not every human being is good. Okay? There wouldn't be two million people uh, in jail, incarcerated in the United States, if everybody was good. You know, I believe there's 22 million people worldwide that are locked up for life sentences or the death penalty, let alone the 
petty crime. And I'm not here to say, oh, this is all peace, love, and light, you know, except your alien ambassadors to the Never Never Land. That's not what I'm saying. I do believe there are bad aliens out there. I've heard the stories that uh, people who I'm close to have had encounters with, but they wouldn't wish on their worst enemy, right? So there are bad aliens out there. Are they demonic? No. And the reason why I brought up religion right off the bat here, guys, is this. Uh, and and I, I love to debate Christian people on this. Okay, if you're a believer in God, okay, you believe that God is the Alpha and the Omega, which is the be-all and end-all. You believe that God created the universe, however big the universe is, even though science has proven so far the universe is infinite. And here's the thing. Are we that naive that in an infinite universe that we are the only living life forms that God chose to create? Even though science today has proven that there are literally thousands of planets out there in different solar systems and different galaxies that they've looked into that are sitting in a Goldilocks zone, what they call the Goldilocks zone, that could inhabit life. Now, we also got to think that if, if you believe in God, that, you know, he, he created the world in six days and on the seventh day he rested. Well, number one, we don't know how long God's days are. Because we're the only, we're the only beings on this planet that live by time. Dogs don't, cats don't, mice don't, horses don't think what doesn't. So how long is a day? We don't know. And how do we know that during those times he wasn't creating life on other Goldilocks zone planets or other planets where beings can actually stand the heat, the chemicals, the radiation, the cold, the wind, whatever it may be. We don't know. But it's very naive for the, for the Christian people out there to say, oh, that's, that's all evil, that's all demons, because... Somebody who wrote the King James Bible, which was edited in the 1100, uh, 11th century, pardon me, decided to make himself look good in King James, that is, and basically bring that anything from the sky that falls from the sky is evil. Or meteors evil when they come crashing through? Because we've been hit by a bunch of those. Those have fallen from the sky. Well, the dinosaurs may think so because it wiped them out. And we're back. So, uh, Will, do you have some questions for Dave? Yeah. So, um, you, uh, Dave, you've pretty much answered the, the 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 questions that that I have. Um, but one one major thing that that still sticks sticks in my mind is Bigfoot and and um, you know, uh, like, do you, do you think that? Um, the government actually knows what's going on, but they just won't release it. And if that's the case, um, would Area 51 or something similar be the answer to, to that question? Well, I, I will say this. The government knows absolutely everything that is going on when it comes to UFOs. Okay? They know everything that is going on when it comes to aliens. They may not know 100% where they're coming from, 
or or how they got here, okay, but they know. They, they have that body. They have crash retrievals since, since Roswell in 1947. The government is covering it up for a couple of reasons, guys. Okay, number one, as long as we are in a military-industrial complex society, they do not want us to know what's going on. They want that technology. They want to know how to go from uh, from 80,000 feet down to 10 feet above uh, sea level, hit the brakes in less than one second, which is what one of those Tic Tacs from the USS Nimitz uh, report in 2004 actually was reporting. So, I mean, there's, like I said, guys, the U.S. government knows, okay? I think the reason why they don't disclose and aren't telling us anything is because they don't want the public or their enemies, like Russia or China, to know what they know or what they have. Could you imagine, guys, the outburst of what would happen if the United States government admitted that they knew or they had a list of people who were being abducted. And that would blow the mind. Yeah, that would... Uh, widespread panic. Widespread yeah. panic. I, I think it would also... It also has a little bit to do with the religious aspect. I think some people would just go right off the nut if they found out that, you know... And I, I, I do believe that there would be absolute chaos. Yeah. I mean, the rest of us would be sitting here going, told you so, where you've got a lot of people that would just be freaking right the hell out because their whole life has revolved around the Bible. You got that right. You got that right. Guys, here, here's what we think. It's not just about, hey, the aliens are here, or hey, uh, we're not alone in the universe. Okay, there have been, I, I know for a fact in my research that I've done in talking to people that the COVID outbreak, pandemic, whether we believe in it or not, irrelevant. Okay, but I know the U.S. government was watching the reactions of people and studying the reactions of people during the pandemic. Okay, 100%. Because they wanted to know how people would react to a worldwide problem. Yeah, what did we see? We saw people going, even though there's no paper shortage, we saw people running to Costco and, and Kmart and Target and Walmart buying uh, $2,000 worth of toilet paper because they had heard a rumor of a rumor of a rumor that we were running out of toilet paper. We saw people buying 10, 20 jugs of milk at the time. You know, how much of that milk went bad because of four days? We saw people going to the meat sections or the medicine section, cleaning out the shelves because people were panicked that it was over. This is endgame. This is it. We're done. Okay? And it never happened. It was all a big lie. Okay? But they wanted to see what the reaction of people would be. Okay. So in those reactions, 
we didn't score very well. And you bring up a good point here, okay, and an important point that people don't understand about, hey, we're not alone in the universe. And it's this. How are the religions going to react? Because they are, there are going to be religions out there who are going to take this very seriously, and anything in the sky that looks anomalous, they're going to try to shoot it down. We also have to look at the idea of this. Okay? Uh, how many cults out there, like David Koresh and the Branch Davidians, are out there waiting for that doomsday alien invasion? We also have to worry about the economy. What does this do to Wall Street? What does this do to everyday people when they start rushing to Walgreens or, or Walmart or Safeway or, or Great Canadian Food Store? going to empty out the shelves again? How is this going to affect banking? How is this going to affect those people who are nut bar, who think that the government is coming for all their guns, a.k.a. High Trudeau, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and they're ready for World War Three and Armageddon with their, you know, I'm, I'm thinking our American brothers and sisters who have 100,000 rounds sitting in a bunker in their backyard with uh, 97 AK-47s hanging out down there, and AR-15, okay? There are nut bars out there who are going to say, well, the aliens are coming, they're going to come take over the world, and so, well, I've got my revenge list, here we go, okay? This is all stuff that is related to disclosure. This is all stuff that worries the American government. Now, I don't believe the American government for a second when it comes to UFOs, because they've been lying to us since Roswell. And the biggest lie has come out recently with NASA coming out saying, gee, we got to investigate these UFOs. We didn't know this was going on. Bullshit, you didn't. There's recordings from Gemini on forward with, with your astronauts and test pilots saying, holy shit, there's a UFO standing right or flying right beside me. Yeah, you can find those videos all on YouTube. Mm-hmm. We just recently saw a documentary, my wife and I, on this uh, on Netflix about these missing hunters. And oh yeah. my God, that was mind-boggling. What, yeah. what do you think that was about, Dave? Portals. I am convinced it's portals. And I've talked to David Politis about this, uh, who does all the missing 411 cases. And... If anybody out there in your audience doesn't know who David Politis is or the missing 411, this is something that you can get into very, very easily and go real down the rabbit hole with this one. Uh, a lot of these people just vanish. They're not people who have, who have uh, you know, history of depression or anxiety. These aren't people who are suicidal. These aren't people who are in trouble with the wrong people or the wrong gangs, or, or uh, associated crime uh, bosses, or whatever. These are everyday people who just vanish in everyday situations. I mean, guys, how many times do you hear stories of, yeah, my buddies and I went out, we were out in town, and all of, my buddy stuck uh, down an alley to piss behind a garbage can, and, he, and all of a sudden he was gone. And yet his buddies were 30, 40 feet away from him taking a piss, right? Like, where do they go? Where do they go? 
my thinking is this, guys. I don't think it. I think in the forest it could be Sasquatch or other cryptid creatures, because from what we're, I'm learning, Sasquatch and a lot of these cryptid creatures are very, very attracted to children. Okay, there's something about a children, a child's laughter, a child's squeal when they're playing hide and go seek or they're playing games. Okay, where I think it attracts Sasquatch. Be like, what is this all about? This this little human looks like a toy. This looks fun, right? I think that does happen, okay? But for a lot of these cases, I think that there is just something that happens. Like portals open up, and that person who goes missing walks into that portal, and on the other side of that portal, everything is the same. But on our side, they're gone. I mean, one of the cases that sticks out in my head regarding this was uh, in David Pilates' book, Missing 411 Canada. This is where he points out um, around uh, Yellowstone National Park is the number one place where people go missing on in North America. You guys know where number two is? <laughs> no. I'll give you a hint. To the west coast of Canada. Really? Cascade Mountains. Which oh, wow. Jay and I drive through all the time. <laughs> yeah. From, from Whistler to Mission is number two in North America where people just vanish for no reason. Well, I thought you were referring to the Cascade Mountains in Montana. No. No. From North Vancouver, Whistler, Squamish, to Mission, British Columbia. Okay. Number two on missing 411 list. But there's an interesting case out of Ontario, I believe, that in his book, where these three girls, two of them were sisters, they were all riding horses. They came to a they came to a fork in the trail, and the one sister says, "This is a shortcut back to the barn. Let's go this way." And the other two were like, "No, this is the way we came." Let's continue with the way we're going. And so the one sister who wanted to take the, uh, the shortcut said, I'll race you back to the barn and we'll see who gets there first. And so they went, okay. Well, the two girls arrived at the barn, but the one didn't. So they went looking for her because here's the strange thing about it, guys. He wasn't the only one missing. The horse was missing as well. So if you think kidnapping, any kidnapper is going to take the girl and leave the horse. You just don't kidnap a 1,200-pound horse. Okay? You just don't. You grab the kid and you go. Well, the horse is gone, never to be seen again. The kid is gone, never to be seen again. So what happened? There's two theories. Number one, the UFO came and picked them both up. Or number two, they rode into a portal and made it to the barn, but she never could come out of the portal. So I believe a lot of that is portal. Thanks, you. Uh, a lot of food for thought there. Uh, well, did you have another question for Dave at all? So, yeah. Dave brings up a really good point. Um, so these portals, I've 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 researched 
some of these, and um, it, it, it's almost like it, 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 it's weird because a lot of the times when uh, people have said to, to have gone missing, they have reached a, I, I, I don't know, it, 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 like when you talk to some of the people that uh, were with the, those people, you'll realize that they they were just in a different mind state. It's almost like a different frequency, and it's it's weird because suddenly they'll be there, and 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 next minute they're gone. There's no explanation. There's literally nothing, right? So, um, Dave, uh, I, I I guess my question would be, where do you think, like, what dimension, like, if it is a dimension, where do you think that portal leads to? I want to believe. I have no clue. Okay, I'll answer that right off the bat. I have no clue. I want to believe that that portal is a twin of where we are. I don't think it drops, it jumps to, uh, you know, a desolate, barren wasteland. I don't think it, it jumps to back to the dinosaur age. I don't think it jumps to a lot of things that we uh, allow sci-fi to to uh, take us to. I really don't know. Does it take us to a magical fairyland? Could be. Does it take us to Charlie's Chocolate Factory? Maybe. <laughs> but, but what I really believe is that on the other side of that portal, everything is the same as what it is going on on our timeline. Uh, but the difference is on that new timeline, Things are the same, but on our timeline, the person is gone. So a parallel universe. Yes. Have so you? There's ha, a great. Have you ever heard of uh, this theory that um, there's a duplicate universe, but it, it, it it's like a polar opposite of, of this one? So like, let's say like I'm nice in in in, in this you know said universe, but. In the polar opposite one, it's like everything's opposite. Have you ever heard that theory? I have. I don't know if I believe it. Uh, it's scary to think. You know, <laughs> what? Uh, you know, there's just so much, guys. There really is just so, so much about about what is going on and what the theories are. It could be anything. That's you know, I'm not trying to, to dodge the question or anything, but it really could be anything. And that is what's scary about it, okay, is we just don't know. And we want to know. We want to try and get and figure it out. We don't have to do so, okay? We, we just don't know how to get there to find that answer. So, Dave, well, I know you've, you've had guests on that, uh, you know, after you die, you go somewhere. And, you know, we have the theory that ghosts, we know ghosts do exist. Uh, both Jay and I have seen them and felt them. Uh, I can draw them in like I can snap my fingers. It's just unbelievable how how uh, uh have that ability to do that. But is there a heaven and is there a hell? Do you believe that? I do. I, I'm not sure about hell. Uh, I do believe there is a heaven out there. Is, is it what is biblical? I don't know. I don't know if it's, if it's, uh, you know, I think it opens up, you know, 15 
I would tell you there's a heaven and there's a hell. Okay? I would. From what I've learned today, I don't know. I do believe there is a Valhalla heaven-like place out there. You know, but on the flip side, there's so many people who have claimed reincarnation that I'm just not sure. Well, I, I myself do believe that because I'm, I felt that. But, I mean, when you, when you look at ghosts, as a good example. There are bad ghosts and good ghosts. So if you were evil in life and you didn't go through to the light, it's quite obvious that you could be on planet Earth in another dimension. Same as, as a good ghost. Uh, you know, if you, you are good in life, it's quite obvious that you could stick around because you had another purpose in that other dimension, right? Very true. Look, and I'm not saying that to agree with, just to agree to agree. I'm saying that because there are so many possibilities, guys, of what is going on out there. Like, when you talk ghosts, I can tell you a ghost story that we had on a ghost tour on the, on the Gold Rush Trail. We, nine of us had what we call K2 meters. We weren't in an area where there were power lines, okay? We were on a desolate trail at about 9.30 at night, 10 o'clock at night, and we came across the, this ghost. We, through questioning, we were able to figure out that it was a Chinese man and a Chinese woman who came over, they were heading to Barkerville, where there was a large Chinese community that was uh, working during the gold rush. And after about 10, 15 minutes, we said goodbye. And normally what happens when, when you say goodbye to a spirit, they leave. But here we were standing on the middle of the trail, and all of our meters were still going off. We're like, what the hell is going on here? All right? And... Then I realized, okay, let's put two and two together. They're traveling up the Gold Rush Trail. They are moving forward with what they need to do, which is get to Barkerville. It's the middle of the night. Now, they would have started in Yale, British Columbia. They would have taken a paddle boat up to Yale. And then from Yale, they would have grabbed horses and a trailer. And then I went, oh, crap, horses and a trailer. So I start walking down the trail, and sure enough, my meters are still going off because behind that couple is the horses and the trailer. So I told the eight other people, I said, guys, I think there's horses in a trailer here. I said, let's get off the trail and see what happens. We cleared the trail on both sides, and as they, as this ghost couple starts walking down the trail, you can see our meters start to go from bright red down to nothing. Zero light. Because they were passing us. We opened up the trail. So the question that I now have about ghosts is this. Were we ghosts to them? Or were they, and they are in a different dimension where it's still 1866? Or were they actually ghosts, if you see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a good question, actually. All right? We don't know. No? We don't know. But do I believe there's an afterlife? Yeah. Do I believe that there are ghosts out there? Yeah. All right? You, met, you mentioned Dogman. Uh, I don't... I can't say I've heard of uh, that. Who, who or what that is? If 
werewolf that lives in the forest. It's a very muscular, hairy creature uh, that has a dog wolf-like face on it. And this thing, people who've encountered this creature, um, it's very telepathic. People who have raised guns to this creature have been given telepathic messages that if you uh, fire at me, you're not going to like the results. Um, it, I don't find it a very, like, I, I would, if I see a Sasquatch right in my backyard, guys, I'm chasing after it. If I saw a dog band in my backyard, I'm locking every door, window, and closing every curtain. Right? So uh, he's essentially a werewolf, basically. Pretty, could be, yes. Okay. Wow. So werewolves. I mean, werewolves have been talked about for thousands of years. Yeah. Look, this all, all this weird stuff, guys, is going on. Okay? It's going on, and the mystery of it all, you know, like, I've now, I've now kind of self-titled myself as a monster hunter. I go looking for monsters, whether they're ghosts, whether they're aliens, whether they're UFOs, whether they are uh, dogmen or, or Sasquatch. I go looking for monsters. That's what I do. And you look, you, you look, we come upon them. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, yeah. that's a complete difference right there. Cause we just stumble on them. And, um, I, it's happened to me so many times in 25 years. I can't even tell you how many times I've seen I've seen shapeshifters and I've seen ghosts and I've seen spirit walkers, but I've never actually, you know, said I'm getting up this morning and I'm going to go look for monsters. No, uh, uh-uh. uh, not me. No. Well, you, you know, you know, what we have to do because I uh, guys, I do have to get ready to start up my show. Uh, but you know, what we have to do is I got to bring you guys on to my show because. We have a lot of truckers who listen to our show, and I know that they have a ton of stories. I know you guys have a ton of stories, and I think you guys need to bring your stories onto my show. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And we we definitely want to have you on again. Uh, This 90 minutes just does not even scratch the surface of the cake. Like, you know, we we, uh, we we would like to have you on at least once a quarter because uh, we have many other guests and we're just starting uh, the Highway Freaks and Computer Geeks, uh, uh, you know, way of, of what we do here, which is completely a different trucker podcast. I'm sure you picked up on that. But we're really enjoying uh, having you here today because not only learning a lot, but just... Uh, just uh, having a different perspective on uh, a lot of these different uh, uh, unknown phenomena that we are that we do come across. Absolutely, guys. Absolutely, and we'll definitely do that. Uh, I, do have, I do have to run. I apologize. I can't stay longer. But not a problem. So much, guys. This was a lot of fun. It was an absolute yeah, it, it was. It was yeah, Dave, and uh, I, I, I appreciate. Uh, uh, you taking the time out of your your busy night to answer all these questions? Not a problem. Thank you, guys. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely I've have really you back. Enjoyed it. We will definitely have you back for sure. And uh, we look forward to being on your show. Line oh, up. that would be great. We'll line it up soon. Okay. Right on. Thanks, Dave. So yeah, um, I'm sure that you guys. Uh, 
uh, or maybe you don't know, but uh, in Chesapeake, Virginia, a uh, guy literally went on a shooting spree and killed six people, from what I heard. Uh, and uh, Dave was talking about people going uh, postal, and you know, maybe maybe this is some of the reasons that we're getting so many of these shootings in the United States, especially because maybe some of these guys are, you know, uh, seeing the little green men out there. You know, it's possible, right? Could be. What do you think? Well. I mean, there's such a, a massive amount of shootings. I mean, that could be possible. Maybe these guys, you know, have seen angels or demons or whatever. I'm not saying that's an excuse. I'm just saying that maybe there is something to that. Uh, one never knows. Uh, we would also be remiss if we did not mention our truckers, our fellow brothers and sisters on the road in the state of New York, because a massive snowstorm hit that place, an unprecedented amount of snow. And um, some of those people are still stuck to this day there. Really? And They're still uh, stuck? Yeah, yeah. Some of them are still digging out. So, uh, yeah, the state of New York got a massive snowstorm, if uh, you guys, uh, freaks and geeks, didn't know that as well. And um, Daniel Smith. Oh, Daniel Smith. First, she said she was part Ukrainian. I think that was about three weeks ago. And then she decided to tell everybody that she was indigenous. Okay. Daniel, you're doing a great job as a premier. Just stay out of the politics of Ukrainians and indigenous people, please. That's all I got to say. This fiction is not broken, man. She was doing so good, and, and then she decides just to, like, say, hey, I want to do this just to feel like I fit in. Legit, just her votes, man. Like, no, stop it, man. Like, like you're doing more harm to yourself than good right now, bro. Well, it, it, just, seems to, it just seems to me that people do this for the attention. Yeah, um, 100%. Like, really, because to be really quite honest with you, I mean, I'm not going to go into my ancestry because at the end of the day, it doesn't put food on my table. Other than coffee talk, it, that's all it is to me. Well, know? Rachel um, Hillary Clinton Nutley is probably going to have a meeting with this. Well, yeah, you know, well, but you know, exactly. what, do, what do, what do politicians all have in common and they all do best? They lie through their teeth. Right. So it's, it's right. nothing really to, it's, it, if it shocks you, if this shocks you, you haven't been paying attention. We should also mention a few other things. Uh, we should mention about Bandit and Zephyr's Pity Fund. Uh, if you guys like what you're hearing on our our visits, our episodes uh, of Highway Freaks Computer Geeks, then uh, feel free to donate. Uh, you can donate uh, to PayPal, uh, my PayPal, uh, which would be my email, bws underscore bearholdings at yahoo.ca, and we'll certainly put that towards future guests in the podcast and, and maybe some giveaways down the road. Um, I also want to mention that we are still looking for that female podcaster out there to join the road crew. So if you are between the ages of 18 to, say, 60, if you're charming, boisterous, loud, outspoken, can take on the boys, we want to hear from you. And uh, we will try you out. Uh, you know, give us a... a a comment uh, on the email that uh, I believe we have our email, Highway Freaks Computer Geeks Will. You usually know that one. I'll let you uh, join in on that. And um, coming up, we have some really good guests coming up as well. So you guys really want to stick around. 
or uh, uh, quite a few different guests before Christmas. And we might even have a Christmas giveaway or contest of sorts. And then coming in January, I'm going to say it now, J-Man will be listening and watching two chick flicks a month and reporting to you. We can not wait. You're really hard to be friends with, you know that? <laughs> you really, really, really suck. You know what's a really good chick flick? Like, a really, really good chick flick? Oh, here you go. When Harry, when, when Harry met Sally. <laughs> nope. The Longest Day. Oh. You know what? Uh, you, know, you know the war picture? With John Wayne in it? Oh, you, knew, you knew he had to get back to John Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, actually, it had it had a it had a stellar cast. Uh, hey the Jay, who of Hollywood at the time? Hey Jay, you, you, you know what else is a chick flick? It's called The Notebook. Have you ever seen it? Not, no, 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 no. I'm, no, I'm not none even of that, kidding. None of that fucking are, are, none of that lovey dovey kissy kissy fucking shit. I don't want to. You know hear what? You're going to eat it, buddy, because you're going to be watching things like The Notebook and Pearl Harbor. So. What? Pearl Harbor. Because Pearl Harbor sucked. I seen it. Yeah. Well, get used to it. So we're gonna well, get into uh, we're gonna get into story time. Get your jammies on, guys. We're gonna get into story time. So, um, as you know, for the last ten podcasts, I've been talking about the story of a guy that I met way back when, named Jasper Stevenson, and he's gonna continue on with his story of his life. It's a very eclectic life, and uh, we're going to go from uh, page 15 uh, from his uh, chapter uh, of uh, number three. Okay, so here we go. Truthfully, it was hard to get away with anything illegal in my hometown. You see, Mom and Dad knew most of the cops through my Grandpa Stevenson's catering business. Just like Tim Hortons nowadays, in those times, they often dropped by for coffee and donuts. You would have thought, after my experience in jail, that would have convinced me to stay on the straight and narrow. In fact, I really don't know what it was that possessed me to steal again. This time, I was ripping off something that was quite different and unique. It was a G.I. Joe action figure doll I stole from the local Towers shopping center. I was about nine years old back then, and my seven-year-old brother, Chuck was unwittingly my accomplice. My mom and my grandma Biddle were out shopping with us kids at the Food City grocery store at the mall. My mom let Chuck and me go off and look at the toy section in Towers as they performed the grocery shopping. When no one was around the toy section, I stole the action figure right off the shelf and proceeded to stuff it down my pants. Next, I told my brother Chuck I was suddenly feeling ill and I needed to go back to grandma's car to lie down for a while. He seemed genuinely concerned about my state of health, so he went to go get Grandma's car keys at the Food City grocery store. Meanwhile, I had snuck out of the tiny shopping mall while waiting outside for my brother to get back. Just my luck. A uniformed older gentleman walked up to me and asked me, Excuse me, son. Do you have store merchandise you haven't paid for yet? Oh, shit. I was busted. Nevertheless, I lied and I said, no, officer, I don't know what you're talking about. Suddenly, Chuck walked out of the shopping mall doors and confronted this man as to why he's talking to me. The man explained to my brother what he thought had just occurred. 
Then the store security guard escorted us back into the mall and down a long, narrow, yellow hall. He motioned Chuck and I into a cold, empty waiting room with a table and two chairs. The man sat us down and told us to empty out our pockets. We complied as we were so frightened and scared by his tone of voice. About this time, the uniformed man noticed the smaller balls at the front of my jeans. Son, is there something else you want to show me, he asked. What are you? Some kind of fag, my brother snapped. Chuck, shut up, I told my naive little brother. Reluctantly, I pulled the small doll out of my pants and dropped it onto the table. I'm ruined, and we're going to jail, I thought to myself. Chuck and I started arguing with each other about the stupid stunt I just pulled. The security guard was trying to separate us when someone knocked at the door. It was my grandma Biddle when she walked into the waiting room just glaring at us. The security guard escorted her out of the room and we heard them talking outside in the hall. However, we couldn't make out what they were saying to each other. We managed to escape from a jail trip that day, but I did get barred from going to the actual shopping mall until I was 18 years old. Funny thing too, Grandma Biddle never said a word about this to my mother either. Pretty sure she took that little secret to her grave when she passed on decades later. From there on, trouble just seemed to follow me around, everywhere. So my mom decided it was a good idea if I started attending church on Sundays. Funny thing, I can't remember my brother Chuck having to go there at all. Nope, just me as usual. Maybe it was because he seemed to be the quiet one in his life, I'm not sure. My mom's best friend Dana had persuaded her to get me to go to the church she attended regularly. So there I was, sitting at the Sunday school bus at 8 a.m. in the morning, half dozing in my seat and being driven to Calvary Church. At first, I decided to give it a try, but I found the pastor's sermon too long, drawn out, downright boring, which made me want to take a nap. Alas, every Sunday from there on, I was forced to go to church against my will. What had I gotten myself into this time? I questioned myself. Cleverly, I had come up with a better plan on skipping out of church entirely. I tricked my mom into thinking I was enjoying my newfound religion, so she gave me more money as an offering. This way, she thought I really liked attending church. Mom was only too happy to oblige my request for cash. Nevertheless, when the following Sunday arrived, I put my diabolical plan into action. This time, I waited for everybody to depart the bus as I sat way in the back seat. When nobody was looking around, I bent over, down over the seat, and crawled so it looked like the bus was completely empty. The Sunday school bus driver had done a quick eye check behind her, followed by exiting the bus. When everyone had gone inside attending church at Sunday school, I got up, peeked over the seat, and when the coast was clear, I strolled down the aisle of the bus. It was easy to open the door because I was inside the bus. Afterwards, I escaped down an alley and through my downtown streets. Then I headed to the nearest variety store and blew my offering on bubblegum, chips, pop, and those tasty fashion cakes I like so much. I'm certainly not that much of a religious person, and I probably never will be for that matter. Some of you regarding this might be offended because I don't believe you must honor the Almighty by going to church. Why give cash to appease Him, singing Amazing Grace and whatnot? I respect God in my own way and have on occasion prayed to Him for forgiveness and guidance in my life. So no more said about that for the time being, okay? All you need to know is I'm reborn now, but I certainly do not advertise or preach it. When I turned the age of 10, we had moved to a house on Devonshire Avenue to a bigger house than the last one. It's kind of weird looking too, as I resembled a red 
brick-encased barn with a large oak tree situated on a very tall, steep hill that dropped down onto a pavement. There was also a good incline going up the driveway, which wasn't easy to walk up either. My dad's pride and joy was a 1959 Black Ford Thunderbird, and our second family car was a 1971 Red Plymouth Valiant. Believe it or not, I drove the Valiant quite by accident one day, something I will never forget. Well, Brian, that that was a wonderful part of your chapter, and um, I want to give two Blue Pylon shout-outs. One of them is going to be to Dave Scott. Um, He's a very tremendous human being, and, uh, you know, he does does amazing work. And we are very fortunate to have had him on with us. Um, Now... We might be going on with him, so we appreciate that as well. But he is truly a uh, not not just a freedom fighter, but a warrior. Um, and the other blue pylon shout out uh, I want to give is to a guy named David Moose Leon. This guy has uh, he's on a weight loss journey. He's lost. Well, I think he started at about I don't know in and around five or six hundred pounds something like that. Um, he's now lost 150 pounds and he, he's still going. So, uh, I've been following his journey for uh, a bit here. Um, and, you know, I want to say thank you to all the freaks and geeks for tuning in to every single one of our podcasts. We noticed that, uh, the old ones are picking up steam as well. So, uh, we encourage everybody to not just listen to the old podcast from visit one to I think this is ten now. And if you have any suggestions at all or you want to give any feedback, you can always email us. Email is highwayfreakscomputergeeks at hotmail.com, all one word. And if you have any questions about anything you've you've heard on this podcast. You can email any one of us, bws underscore bearholdings at yahoo.ca is one of them. Will give 1988 at hotmail.ca is another one. And jpatrickmore70 at gmail.com, I believe. Yep. And I, I, I would like to sign off by saying uh, we truly do appreciate all of our listeners, whether... You know, you're a hater or a believer, and um, you are what is, is making all this happen right now. So, thank you very much, and we will see you on episode number 11. <laughs>